congratulations to Brandon Johnson Kubankin. Brandon knows that milk has nine essential nutrients that active bodies need. He's the winner of the Marvel Milk Mustache Sweepstakes. Got milk? Spider-Man, She-Hulk, Thing, Daredevil, and Captain America, 2000 Marvel Characters, Inc., 2000 America's Dairy Farmers and Milk Processors. Welcome, dear listener, to our podcast. Jeff and Rick present Unpacking the Power of Power Pack. Where we journey through each issue of the most underrated Marvel series of the 80s while drinking beer. Analyzing awesome and amazing adolescent adventures and absorbing alcohol. I am Jeff. And I am Rick. It's all over but the random bantering. And nobody's random bantering but me. Random banter time, buddy. Talk to me. Tell me tall tales and tantalizing tidbits of trivia today. Uh, I'm guessing that's from a western or a country western song. There's some twang in there. It better be from country western. It's uh, the end of the trails. It's uh, riding off into the sunset. It's a sad, sad song. It's all over but the crying. It's actually a song that was in Fallout 4. Well... Okay, that's close enough. (laughs) (laughs) And why would I pick such a song? Because there's going to be Fallout, I guess. There's going to be some Fallout. There's a little bit of Fallout in this comic we're covering. Because, you know, somebody is walking away off into the sunset. Mm -hmm. Somebody's leaving the team, I guess. There's going to be some Fallout from team members. There's going to be some Fallout from us and other uh, Mm -hmm. partakers of this comic book. There's some crying. Yeah, there's some sad, sad crying. And it's all over. This miniseries is done. This miniseries is done, and we're going to get and talk about that. But first, I'm going to go ahead and talk about Random Manter. And let me tell you, ever since I had the joy of one of my eyes done with a cataract surgery, and I can see out of that eye, and it's great, I have been having problems because my other eye still sucks. So (laughs) I've been trying to figure out what's the best way I can, like, you know, still read or see and so i've given up wearing my normal glasses for the far away side because i can just my good eye is good enough for that but the reading thing i felt like i needed something so i got some reading glasses which is fine it helps my bad eye but it makes my good eye all cloudy so i decided to pop out the lens and so now i've got like the one-eyed glasses thing going on which is great except that when i do this it makes me dizzy and i want to fall over so i'm just hating life (laughs) i feel that that's a mood it's a mood that's mood yeah Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a mood of sorts. It's what I'm going through. And yeah, I'm, I'm, I'd like to be able to see in stereo correctly without yeah. wanting to fall over. It is uh, kind of funny because I'm looking at Rick and he is wearing a pair of reading glasses with a lens in his right lens and a nothing in the left. He's got half a fashion statement on his glasses. Yes. So. <laughs> yes. And then when I get tired of it, I take them off and then I just kind of close my bad eye and say, well, that's better. But it's not perfect. So I'll get you a nice eye patch for the holidays. Yeah, I'm thinking that I, I've thought about it. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, that's me in my life at the moment. That's what I'm doing right now is I'm just playing yeah. one eyed glass wearing guy. Yeah. And it's fun. 
one-eyed Willie chasing those darn goonies. It's fun, I guess. I just, I want my other eye done, and it's not until February. Okay, so I'm going to stop whining about that now, and I'm going to ask you how you've hurt yourself lately. I haven't really hurt myself, but you could call me Turbo because I got a boost, baby. Uh, Oh, yeah. Yeah, so I got my third COVID shot yesterday. So I didn't hurt myself, but a uh, a nice mister did. He stabbed me in the arm, and uh, I asked him to. So that was nice. It stings. This one kind of stings. I'm feeling it. So I didn't sleep great last night. Did you keep with the same company or did you mix it up? <laughs> no, nah, I'm House Pfizer all the way. Ah, uh, okay. See, I, I went ahead. That's something else I did last week, too, is I, I went ahead and got my booster shot. I actually ran down to work and got that because they were offering it. So I said, why not? I'll go ahead and do that. And I decided to mix it up. I just got Pfizer to start with, decided to mix it up a bit, got Moderna on the second go round. Mm. I spent the next two days feeling like I had a hangover. Ah, not too fun. Not too fun. I had a hangover without the enjoyment of being drunk the day before. All the regret, <laughs> none of the fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that was that was that was fun. Here was kind of the thing that was a little disappointing, disconcerting to me. I'm talking to the pharmacist, and we get onto a thing, and I and I find out that he is only vaccinated because it was mandated that he had to, and he doesn't think people should get the vaccine, and he feels really really bad for all these poor children that it's going to be forced on, and I'm kind of like. Huh, I volunteered at a mass vaccination site multiple times, and, huh, I don't get it, but I think there's a conversation here, but I think our time together is done, and then I went home. I'd like to walk away from you now. Yeah, so that was a little sad for me, because I'm very uh, pro-vaccine and all sorts of stuff, but so that was weird to me. Yeah, following up on getting my shot, I, I ran home from Salem, and I actually made it from Salem to Clackamas in 45 minutes, which... That's impressive. That's impressive. Got home, took my daughter to Clackamas Town Center so she could get her first Mm -hmm, shot. mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. All about the vaccines over here. Yeah. But you know what we are going to be vaccinated against? The previous episode? The previous issue? I would say this miniseries once we get done with this episode. So I would like to move on and make that happen. <laughs> yeah, after our fourth shot, we're fully uh, inoculated against yes, the yes, uh, yes. Power Pack miniseries virus. Yeah. So we can only do that if you give us the two cents replay from last episode. Power Pack punches some snarks and then gets easily talked into abandoning all of their earthly storylines, i.e. bad bullies, bad behaviors, bad boys, bad babes, bad burning houses, and bad health moms to travel back to the stars, to travel to Snark World to stop the reemerged Jackal, Emperor Jackal if you're nasty, and his realived Mother Maraud before they destroy the Starways with their destructive dreams of making Snark World great again. Luckily, to aid Power Pack is a sleek and sizably rebodied Friday, Kofi, and that one good Snark that they met last issue, uh... You know, Kofi's best friend. Good ol' what's-his-name. You know, uh, that guy. That snark that they revealed from out of the snark-shaped shadows and treated like it was a big reveal? Yeah, that guy. Now that the Sobak, his name was Sobak, and he had a cool crystallization gun that he used that I'm sure in no way killed any of the bad snarks that he used it on. Two-sentence replay is over. Why don't you give me a beer and tell us what our power pack pick is? My pleasure, my friend. Jeff, I'd like you to... Grab that beer in that bag, and I think we would like to just say what we are thinking about being done with this miniseries. Mm. Okay? Is it going to be Jubilation Ale? Mm. 
It's good riddance. <laughs> Imperial milk stout with raspberry and cocoa. <laughs> 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 this is by Stickman Brewing Company. I think we've had some stuff from Stickman before. Yeah, yeah. Local, local <laughs> little brewery uh, over in Lake Oswego. It's not bad, not bad at all. And, and this is... A comforting chocolate raspberry milk stout blended with a whiskey barrel-aged porter. It will make you say, good riddance to anything. Except another sip. 8.5% ABV and 53 IBU. <laughs> That's great. I love this can. I love it. It's kind of got like an old TV needs uh, VCR tracking good riddance on it and kind of cheers lettering. Gray label with darker gray purples and white kind of almost like bridge sections on it with a unplugged microphone. So good riddance to that vocalist that's gone. And story time on it is really pretty great, which is in 2020 with this chocolate raspberry milk stout blended with barrel aged whiskey porter. It will make you say... Good riddance to anything except another sip, as Rick had said. So, yeah. <laughs> Good riddance to 2020. Yeah. Uh, remember when we were there? <laughs> remember when it was all about, oh, 2020. Oh, we're still in 2020. 2020 is going on one more year. It's been we're a hoping, long year. We're hoping that 2020 so. can end at the end of 2021, but we will yep. see. We will we'll see. see. We'll see. We'll see. Yeah, so that's a that's a fun-looking Canada. Uh, hilarious. Oh, and the reason that uh, we're laughing about Good Riddance being a very good tie-in for this on this uh, four-part miniseries is because I, uh, I don't think we're going to miss it. No, no. Think, I, we, uh, we can we can say we can say that this is also a nice little call out to Randy Allen because Julie does say good rinse to him. Yes, she does. Originally, I had this picked for the second if issue because they the kids were saying or well Julie said good riddance when she disappeared out of Randy Allen's house. Yep. You know they were all saying good riddance to their mom as she went to a hospital. Yeah. But then I thought about it. I was like. Ah, pill both ways talking about school issue was better and <laughs> as we started going through the series i realized the good riddance needed to be at the end it really really did so i made an audible call on that one and i do not regret it at all but this is a dark 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 mm -hmm. order there is no light escaping mm -hmm. this black hole that looks really nice oh man that looks and really, the really smell good. you can smell that raspberry you can really smell the raspberry yeah not smelling the cocoa. No, but I, there's a whiskey barrel aged in there. I'm, getting I'm also a little getting bit just raspberry. Yeah, it, it's in the background of the raspberry, but yeah, this is going to be a hefty beer, I think. This has got a bit more acidic taste than I was expecting. Yeah. Ooh, yeah, that's got some grip on the tongue. Yeah. And it's got a really, really hard coffee ground kind of espresso flavor going in that. Try that second sip because I think you're going to be a little bit more pleasantly surprised. It calms down a little bit on the second hit, and I'm starting to get a little bit more of the chocolate. It's interesting because... Very raspberry on the tongue. Yeah, but the raspberry mouth. seems to really disappear. The raspberry's got hmm. the smell, but the raspberry is not strong in the taste. Initial taste on that, it hits the tongue, and it is... It, I held it in my mouth for a while, mm -hmm. raspberry the, you know, all the way down. And then you swallow that, and then it blends pretty quickly into that very pronounced coffee ground flavor. Yeah. But yeah, with that second sip, that was even more reduced. Yeah. So I wonder what a tertiary will do. I'm hoping that this is going to keep on calming down as it goes through after that initial hit, hmm. after that shock to the tongue. It is. It is. The third one is uh, is reduced as well. 
<laughs> I'm going to just sit here and, and say numbers and drink and <laughs> say how, it's, how it was from the previous number. But the raspberry is coming becoming a little more pronounced now. Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm getting less of the chocolate, more of coffee. This is a very complex beer. It has very strong notes to it. And I think I think that whiskey barrel aged is what's I think that's a little too much. If I was to tweak this just a little bit, I would take out the whiskey barrel aged part of this equation. Yeah, I think, yeah. I think that just having the chocolate raspberry milk stout, that would have been a great beer right there. I fully agree. There are many beers that are trying to wear a lot of different hats. Yeah. And oftentimes they will do aged whiskey barrel, aged bourbon barrel. And when that works. Mm-hmm. When that works, which is rarely, it is really good. Yeah. More often than not, no, though, it is just, it's not what it needed. It needed yeah. to be removed. Yeah, this is, and this is a stout and a porter mixing, too, which is the other piece. They, they're really blending the stout with the porter here. Mm-hmm. And I would have just liked to have the chocolate raspberry milk stout. I would have yeah. liked to have that just on its own. Yeah, a little desserty stout. Well, let's, let's see what it's like as we go through this, but very least, good riddance. spoilers Uh (laughs) (laughs) let's go ahead and get into this book and get through this book we got lots to talk about so jeff open your credits if you please power pack volume two issue number four november 2000 ascension credits writer sean burry penciler colleen doran inker terry austin letterer chris eliopoulos colorist tom smith editor Michael Martz, Chief Bob Harris. Featuring Power Pack, Alex Power, Zero-G, Power Weight, Julie Power, Lightspeed, Power Flight, Jack Power, Mass Master, Power Mass, Katie Power, Energizer, Powerball, guest starring, The Power Parents, One Well, One Not, Friday, A Smart Chip, Kofi, A Chameleon, Snarks, Other Chameleons, Randy Allen. Beep. Hi, you've reached Jim, Marg, Alex, Julie, Jack, and Katie Power. We're not home right now, so leave a message after the you-know-what. Beep. Uh, hey, kids, it's Dad. You know, Jim Power. Um, I'm still at the hospital with your mom. You know, that nice lady who gave birth to you. That lady who fainted very dramatically at our home. She is still going through tests, but I am sure we would all like to hear from you. Uh, Maybe call me back when you get my message. Hope you're alive. Beep. End message. You have 42 new messages. Welcome to the worst family ever. The uh, Fantastic Four aren't in this one, Rick. Welcome to the second worst family ever. Hey, but the house is not burned down. Yeah, it looks like the horrific fire that was burning the house down in the last issue ended at the doorstep, so that's cool. But what about those kids? Oh, yeah, remember when we ended last episode with the kids staring up at the sight so amazing it did not fit on that last page? Yeah, do we uh, finally get to see that super-duper Imperial Solar Destroyer? Sure, I guess, let me check. Um, hmm. Well, we see a couple of regular snark ships that start charging their weapons and then begin firing on Power Pack and their amazing friends. That's probably just as good as seeing the really big and cool things that they were talking about, right? Shizark! Shizark! Luckily, for these six heroes, one of them is a teleporter. Thanks, Kofi. Um, also, Sobak helped. Fine, whatever. 
I really don't care. But Jack does. He is tired of Alex standing around with his mouth open, leaving it up to the others to make choices. Why isn't Alex a better leader? Sobek has really had it with all of this bickering. He tells them to shut up and come up with a plan. Alex responds with an, uh... And that concludes the Alex Power TED Talk. Luckily, Katie has re-listened to our awesome podcast in which he came to episode 31, where we talked about Power Pack number 24, When You Wish Upon a Star. She remembered that there are Burr's Caves nearby. So, with this information, and with the full knowledge that villainous Stark spacecraft are raining destruction down upon the bubble-hab cities of Sobak's people, innocent Snarks that would rise up and aid them in their quest for intergalactic freedom. The heroes do what any hero would do in this situation. They decide to leg it and hide in the caves where it's safe. Like any good hero would do. So Kofi teleports them over there, narrowly missing another destructive blast. Alex takes this running away reprieve to take another stab at this leadership thingy everybody always talks about by telling everybody to get in the caves, which they were already doing, and asking Sobok what they should do next. The leadershiping and heroing that is occurring here is awe-inspiring. Truly, the stuff of legends. While the quote-unquote heroes sit back, hide, and try to come up with a plan, Jackal and Murad get the news of Yurik's escape, the destruction of Clan Ankar, and the detection of Power Pack on planet. And speaking of politics, Yurik is hanging with Queen Mother Destrak and her warriors. They are ready to take on Jackal, and the Queen is ready to break tradition and, in a wholly original plan that we have never heard before, he said with sarcasm, be the first empress of Snark World, since she has no high snark to become the emperor. You say you want a revolution. No, I just want a simple plot. Wrong comic. Back to the cave of heroics and leadership, quote unquote, the heroes have smartly decided to split up the party. Always the best plan, as any D&D player knows. So back, Alex and Katie are randomly digging through the cave walls, hoping to make it to the Snark Palace, which is, uh, that away. That is a plan. Not a great plan, but a plan. So that's something. It all was working just fine until the snarks that have been trying to kill them show up to kill them. Oh, those guys. A fight happens and a very powered up Katie unloads on the Imperial Guards. It's power time. Shakao. And she blasts the cave of the roof, which Alex zero G's and throws it at the snarks. That seems awfully complicated. Why not just let the rubble fall on the snarks, or hit the snarks directly, or, or... <sighs> Whatever. It advances the story's page count at least. While this was happening, the burrows show up, recognize Katie, and promise to lead the team to the ending of the story. Hooray! But where is everyone else? Kofi attempts to teleport Jack and Julie to Destrak's biodomes, but he ran out of juice. Before they can come up with some alternate plan, Snarks on speeder bikes show up. What have we here, Glim? Seems we have found the hatchlings Emperor Jackal has been looking for, Padge. Yes, and the Chimerian Ambassador's brat as well. Promotion seems imminent. It's a good thing these underpaid guards gloat first and shoot second, because that gives the team time to respond and throw up a shield. Go Jack. It also gives Julie time to try out this teleportation power thing again that she has yet to tell anybody about. Yeah, good. I'm assuming she did a simple jump this time, what with it being the second time using the power and with multiple people to contend with, just to gain them some breathing room from the two snarks that they encountered, right? Nah, she jumped into Friday's cockpit in space. So, 
She teleports by accident the first time, and now she successfully navigates insane distances with a blind entry, blind exit, and multiple people. Okay, yep, fine. You may not be impressed, but everyone else is. And now that they're back on Friday, they see the destruction the Jackal has caused. The destruction is that the glass biodomes of Clan Destract that they were trying to get to are all broken. And yet, they should still go and find Queen Destract because Sobak told them to. You know, during their heroic hide-in-the-caves-where-it-is-safe plan. I guess that sounds like a good reason, so they teleport back down to the planet. Why did they just... Okay, it's because Friday knows where they need to go and transmats them down there. But, but since they went through Elsewhere again, Jack saw a lamppost. So there's that. Then they discuss how weird Elsewhere is and that you should never explore that dimension too deeply. This topic is something that will go nowhere except as a random conversation before Queen Destrak surprises them and tells them to come with her. Well, that was convenient. Soon! We are back with Jacqueline Maraud, who are still, wait for it, arguing. Jackal is worried about his enemies, but Mommy promises that they are all dead. Such a healthy relationship. Meanwhile nearby... Home of the Fighting Spelunkers! Speaking of enemies, Alex and Katie and Sobak have been led to the wall next to the throne room by the Burrowers. With these contractual obligations complete, it means that we all get to say goodbye to the Burrowers. Yeah, they are not sticking around for this story. They were brought in on the Spider-Man cameo plan and have now checked off the film set. From their position, the three heroes are able to watch some high snark drama as the rights master, Repra, enters the room. Cue the Downton Abbey music! She has shown up with a complaint from the clans. It is along the lines of, Hey, knock off all that evil! Rod informs Repra that he can shove his complaint where the snarks don't shine, and Jackal starts to actually whine that he speaks for the throne, and he can get power converters with his friends whenever he wants to. Marad has had enough of her son's lip and starts to mock him right there. Ah, uh, gotta love a loving mom. You! I should have stopped your egg into pulp before you were even hatched! You miserable excuse for an emperor! You fail at every turn! Destrak lives! The Chimelia ambassador escapes from your cells and you do nothing! Jackal counters with the eloquent counter-argument of a scepter to the head. Crack! Followed by hands to the throat. You know what is more awkward than matricide? Um, matricide with an audience? Correct. Repra is just standing there, trying to slowly edge towards the door. And he would have gotten away with it, too, if it weren't for those meddling kids and their dog. I, I, I mean, High Snark Sobak, who says, attack now. <laughs> knock, knock. Remember us, Jackal? Yeah, we beat you before and we're gonna do it again. Gods, kill the intruders. But before the guards can kill the intruders, Alex Zero G's them. If you can't rely on your help... Do it yourself. Jackal fires a scepter blast at Katie who absorbs it and seals the guard's doorway, preventing any Stark reinforcements from reappearing. Glad she did that door and not the other door, because that is where Julie, Jack, Kofi, Yurik, and Queen Mother Destrak come running in from. Now we have a party. Yeah, that's right. And do you know what you need to do when it's Mighty Morphin fighting time? Fight! No, not that. 
What then? You need to have a discussion on governmental policies and political practices during an unprecedented election cycle. George Lucas and George Soros would be so proud of you. In a real effort to shorthand the story even more at this point, everyone kind of forgets about angry Emperor Jackal while they argue over who will be the new emperor. I mean, the guy is still standing right there, patiently. Someone should at least punch him in the jaw or something to validate his existence. Julie is the one to suggest that Sobak and Destrak rule together. Sobak needs the military force that Destrak has, and she needs his legitimate claim to the throne. This all sounds pretty reasonable to everyone except Jackal. No, I rule a snark world, and no terrestrial hatchling or weak-kneed chameleon ambassador will take my throne from me. Jackal starts to trigger his blaster scepter, but before he can fire it, Katie grabs the ruling rod, absorbs it, and blasts him with some powerballs. Hooray! But that's not all. Alex Zero G lifts him and Julie Superflight punches him in the noggin. And Jack? <laughs> well, Jack wiggles his arms at the former dictator in a decidedly aggressive manner. Well, now that the bad guy is defeated, hot cocoa all around with mini marshmallows. Yurik confirms the plan Julie came up with, including Wright's master Repra as a third member to make up the third member of the Triumvirate, much like the ancient Romans used to do in the time of blah 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 blah, something something whatever. This is snark politics. They will all be eating each other by next week, so who cares about their new political policies? Yeah, that's pretty much Jack's consensus as well. Still later? Home of the Fighting Laters. Friday takes the kids home. From the air, it looks like their little single and a half wide on the prairie is fine. No sign of the she shed, so we can assume that all of Marg's art has been destroyed. But their dad still rushes out to greet them. Kitty gives a much briefer recap than we have. Jim is glad they are home, but he would like to note, or something, next time. Also, please try not to leave the house on fire when you leave. But what about their mom? Well... She is still ill and sleeping now, so it's going to be about an hour or so before the family can talk. That's good, because that gives us just enough time to deal with one subplot. But just one, and not a single one more. Insert knock knock. Knock knock. Julie shows up at Randy Allen's house to get her backpack and to tell him off. She lets him know that he sucks as a human being, is a real jerk, and that he should not ever call her Jules or even call her ever again he meekly says sorry and the scene ends somewhere during this interlude katie got her hands on some flowers and is making flower crowns and flower necklaces for them to cover the bed and their mom with the whole family is surrounding their mom in bed jack takes this moment to say that he does not want to be in power pack anymore not while mom is sick he wants to be able to help her without worrying about alien invaders and evil mutants and evil stuff Julie thinks that this makes sense, and the parents are supportive, saying that they are blessed to have them as kids, and there's a big family hug and talk about responsibility and how it can find them unexpectedly, and there appears to be healing sparkles around them, and there are flowers, and hugs, and... The end. I have no way to transition out of that. I'm just letting that just hang there like a dirty gym sock in a flower shop. 
Yeah. Yeah. It ends with a letters page where people wrote in and suggested that they call the letters page Power Lines. Yeah. And they said, that's a great idea because, you know, it's not really a great idea. It's just one more example of bringing back what's been brought back before. Uh, it's a lot of good letters sitting here saying, hey, we're so glad that you're back. We are glad to have Power Pack back. We're so happy that everyone's here and we, you know, we've missed the team and, you know, I hope this is going to continue and... Banana, shanana, hey, 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 goodbye. They also ask if they missed the little sub story or cameo appearance or whatever when the uh, pack told their parents that they had powers and were power pack. Oh, it, it's it's something that we will bring up sometime in the future. It's a story for another day. Yep, and that's what they said. They said, oh, well, that's a tale for another time. Wouldn't that be exciting if they ever went back and addressed that or not? Who cares? Or not. Who uh. cares? <laughs> it kind of goes away, actually. But no, there's <laughs> nothing really fantastic that's in those letter pages. So let's go ahead and talk about the cover, if we can, please. Let's talk about this cover for Power Pack number four. It, of course, was done by Doran and Austin, mm-hmm. the artist of the book. And it is Power Pack, and it's yellow. It's kind of this yellow sun kind of thing with this bright center. And it says, Power Pack, no more, with a Ghostbuster no symbol. So, no, no more. Below, below the no more. So, it's, there's there's a no um, symbol. It's underneath. It's not yeah, below it. It's no, underneath. It's the, the, the no symbol is underneath the words no more, which I'm not sure what they're doing. Anyway, but you're right. It, it's no, no what more. What they needed was the no symbol on top of Power Pack. Yeah, that, would that, be what it was because what this or or the it over Jack because what yeah. it is is Jack is walking off into the literal sun. Yes. He's walking off into <laughs> the literal. He, he is going to get burned up by the sun. Yep. And and you know we we've got backs of all the kids as as he's walking away. We've got Alex and Julie and then Katie and they're all in their power pack suits and they're walking him walk away with the power pack suit. Which if I was Alex, I would pull the the move of saying, "Hey, yo, can can you leave the suit?" Because we need to give that to somebody else. Yeah. So he should be walking away in his clothes. If you're going to quit the team, I'm going to steal your powers and give them to somebody else. Somebody tall and blonde who's popular with the ladies. Hey, me! Or we get cheerleaders. Yeah, or we get cheerleaders. (laughs) Anyways, uh, and what's kind of funny, too, is Jack gets the honor of having the corner box under the ball for comics we've got jack in there so yep. he gets the honor of that but he's going away and it's you know power pack no more and the no more is right because power pack is no more this is mm-hmm. this is it this is it this for, is done yeah for a chunk yeah in fact what comes after this is the all ages books that come out about four four or five years from now that are alternate universe that is going to come out next and is better so much better <laughs> So much better than this miniseries. Yeah, Sumerak, Van Lant, they did. Yeah, their writing was good. They got the characters. We're going to get talking about it, you know, with with Jack leaving, Jack's quitting here. That's the thing they put on here. I wouldn't have even had that sub story in there. I mean, Mm -hmm. you're not putting the toys away in the box for whatever comes after this. No, well, the entire conceit of Jack leaving Power Pack, he's not leaving Power Pack. He's just like, I don't think I want to be in Power Pack anymore. And it's not even that. It's just along the lines of, I think we need to focus on mom's health. Right. I want to be able to help mom. I want to be able to sure. be there for my family without alien monsters and invaders. And Something bad happens, I'm going to go ahead and sit here in the corner. And you, and then you guys go out and fight it. Is he going to give up his powers? Is he going to... 
but Jim is even like, yeah, hey, that's great and all, but you guys have been blessed with powers and you never know what kind of responsibilities are going to pop up and you might, it's unexpected. Maybe right. you're going to have to be in power pack still. So it, it's, it's, it's very nebulous. What do you mean not being in power pack? Cause you're not going to quit the family. You're going to yeah. be part of the family. And if you leave yourself, he's doubling down on family. Yeah. If you leave yourself without powers, the rest of your family has powers. The kids do. And they will be attacked again. Having superpowers means that you're going to get attacked. Because mm-hmm. that's comic books. <laughs> it's not often you find the heroes like Deflator Mouse who see the crime and then point it out to the police and go, they went that away, officer. What does it really serve? And, and also, here's the other question about Jack quitting. It does not seem in character for him. He has always been the one who has wanted superpowers, who's yep. wanted to be a superhero. He's the one who has idolized all of them. He's the one who pushed them and saying, we need to do this. We need to be out there and doing this kind mm-hmm. of thing. We need to go public. We need to get large. We need to be... Yeah, he has always been the one who has really embraced this. I, I Alex has too. Alex probably on some levels more than it. Jack is just better at it. Mm-hmm. If, if we wanted to use this route, I could have seen Julie doing this. Yeah. Because Julie's kind of left the team before, really. Yeah. And and she would be the one who would say, no, we need to step back and we need to take care of mom. I could see Julie doing that. She mm-hmm. doesn't. They put it on Jack and it doesn't make sense. No, it doesn't. A lot of the things that go on in this don't make sense. Yeah, the, char- the characters are just off enough. Oh, they're being attacked by snarks. They're super worried about it. When Julie teleports Jack and Kofi away to Friday, they were being attacked by two snarks on speeder bikes. Mm-hmm. Two. They have trounced a plethora of snarks. Yeah. Why would they be running away? When the snark ships are attacking the comically unpopulated, really weird scaled, small bubble cities of the snarks where they seem like they have zero population in the pedal. It's almost a meaningless risk because it's just like Sobek doesn't even care that his city is being destroyed. He's like, man, these things happen, whatever. Yeah, we'll rebuild or not. Who cares? The snark cruisers or or weird looking kind of ships, little fighters or whatever, are shooting beams down, going to shoot down beams down a power pack. And and Jack's like, no, Sobek, no, not like this. You guys have taken, in your early days, you took out a snark cruiser with, you chucked a a car at it. Mm -hmm. You take out snark vessels. You take out snarks. You are movers and shakers. Yeah. Who are these kids? Why are they, how did, how confident shook did they get because of Alex joining the new warriors that they are incapable defeating two snarks or coming up with any kind of plan? It's, 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 it's laughable. The hard reset that they have done with the kids in this, just, they recognize that Alex is part of New Warriors, and that should account for something. Hey, I've seen things. I've learned things being with New Warriors. Let's incorporate this stuff into our team dynamics. Mm-hmm. They they all seem incompetent, especially together, and it just doesn't make sense. Yeah. Katie keeps on complimenting Alex on his use of powers. Like, whoa, wow, you're getting so awesome at your zero-G powers, because he's using them like telekinesis and stuff. Mm-hmm. Katie has been scaled back to not wanting to use her powers and also can only absorb about a thimble's worth of matter before she explodes. Yeah. Oh, well, what about the spaceship? Okay, it's a big spaceship and it shoots lasers at him and stuff. That's scary. Yeah. Power Pack basically took out Apocalypse's ship. Hmm. That's the size of a city. This is the size of like a Vanagon. There's there's, there's so much that just doesn't... Uh, here's the other thing, though. You kind of pointed it out one of our last few episodes where you were talking about the first two issues of this miniseries said issue number one, issue number two. Next two issues says three of four, 
four or four. Mm-hmm. So somewhere in the schedule here, what might have been an ongoing series was all of a sudden shrunk to a mini series. Possibly, sure. possibly. We don't know yet. We don't know, but. If you look at some of the rushed endings that occurred here, they set up a whole bunch of other plots near the beginning. Mm -hmm. And then they just started to scale things back mightily. Yeah, it was two issues of setting up stuff for school and snarks Mm -hmm. and all the different things. Yeah, and and this one, they, they rushed a lot of it. They did a lot of like... We're bouncing here. We're bouncing here. It's it's almost like in the middle of this issue, they got the notice that, hey, you're going to want to come to an ending real fast. So there might have been more stuff that should have been done, more buildup of Desac, more buildup of Sobak, you know, actually creating characters, characters for these people, for these yeah. people. And instead, they're just like, we got to just kind of cut it down. They dump a bunch of big exposition with deep snark politics that nobody really cares about and we know it's not going to last they're not going to change the civilization thing down we've got maggie's illness which okay she's sick we don't know why da 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 Uh yeah the bully of katie skipping grades the cheerleaders they could have possibly done even a lot more with randy allen instead we have julie going there and saying yeah don't ever talk to me again go away which bravo yeah bravo on her but at the same time, they could have done a lot more with it. Like, hey, let's really investigate this guy. How much has he done this? Let's mm-hmm. go ahead and really... His nickname was Dr. Octopus. A lot is the answer. A lot. There are story elements that are there. The summation of what this series has been is the end big bad fight with Jackal. It was... Here comes the fight. Now let's ignore him. Mm-hmm. Disintegrate his staff or scepter. And then three of the four members of Power Pack kind of use their powers on him. And now Jackal's done. It's j- done. Jackal's hand in this also wasn't all uh, scarified anymore. So I think he said, I'm going to heal this up. But he never covered that in it. But it was just kind of like, how's his left hand? Ah, it's fine now. Whatever. You know, th- they went into such deep history. We're going to bring in the burrs. We're going to bring in this. We're going to, but we're going to forget some of the big things like, you mm-hmm. know, Parents don't know about powers. <laughs> Again, even the burrowers was such, it's something from the past. Hey, you recognize this. I'm going to mm-hmm. wave it in front of you. It's going to distract you for four panels. We'll see you again. Bye. And then they go away forever. It's They pop in and, and yeah. Uh. Hey, you know, elsewhere is a really weird place. I saw a lamppost in there. Yep. These people have created a comic. They wrote it. They arted it. They did all the stuff. I cannot take them that from them. Congratulations to them. That's really good. It's more than I've ever done in the comic industry. So they're 100% more improved on this. There's very few new ideas here. Right. There's not that many new ideas. And some of the stuff that you're bringing in, which could be potentially interesting for future fodder. Yeah. You're not Chris Claremont. You're not seeding some cool things that you could possibly that somebody could possibly do something with down the line. You're just throwing things at the wall and see if they stick. And if you had a longer arc that you were going to do with this and it got cut off really soon, I-, I can see why this got cut. Yeah. It's missing audience. It's missing a real good thesis of what's going on. And you have to you have to move the story along and get people into it before you can start seeding things for the future. It's kind of like yeah. how the how the book ended. It was the same complaints we had with how the book ended in 62. It's mired in the past. It's just rehashing what's been hashed before. There were potentially some interesting ideas sure. there that will never be touched on again. No. They could have refreshed the entire thing. And again, I just want to really reference our Patreon episodes of the All Ages books. Yeah. Because they kind of did that. They did great things in four four issues. They planned them out. Mark Sumerak and Fred Van Lent, they know how to craft 
bite-sized stories mm-hmm. that are enjoyable, they're wonderful, and in and out in four issues. Mm-hmm. Recently, we had a Power Pack miniseries of five issues. That was great. Yeah. It was fantastic. Yeah, a lot of fun. You can do it. You don't have to, you can touch on the past, but you can build a whole new story that's simple, easy to digest, and you can do other things with it later mm-hmm. on. Instead of crafting the giant space opera, you can just go, here's a slice. Yeah. There we go. You don't need to go back and touch the jackal well again. That story has been done. Mm-hmm. Let's move on. move on. Let's find yep. something else. You can still use snarks. You can move into a different story. Hey, you see snarks in the Pacific Northwest. Mm-hmm. What's going on? Mm-hmm. There's a mystery afoot. Hey, they are somehow behind this secret insulation. They're the guards in hologram outfits to make them look human. But we happen mm-hmm. to see them with the hologram down. What's going on here? What's happening? The snarks are doing a secret invasion on Earth. Oh, my gosh. We've Ooh, got a good little story here yeah. that's involving snarks. And we're still on planet Earth. That's a great title. That's a great idea. TM, TM, TM. Yeah, that could be a secret empire. I don't know what else we can really talk about. I'd like to find a lot of good stuff in this issue, but the art itself is the same that we've been seeing, except it's even worse. I don't know if they, they realized that it was ending or they just didn't care that much anymore, but I, I'm not seeing good art from Colleen Doran. It's serviceable, but it's not great. I enjoy the fact that the Chimelians are not violently pink anymore. Okay. I appreciate that. I (laughs) I disappreciate that the boot on everybody, everybody's footwear, which had been turned, which was a powerful 10, actually a strong 11, actually a gentleman's 12, have been turned up to a, are you serious, 15? (laughs) uh, uh, This footwear makes up is 90% of the kid's mass. Yeah. And and the Chimelians are in on it too. It's just like, hey, remember how when you had little wraps on your feet, you know, you kind of like, yeah, it's kind of cool little kind of tribal kind of sorry wrapped moccasin kind of thing. I'm sorry, we came out of the 90s, Rob Liefeld, he broke us on drawing feet. We we haven't figured it out yet. We have to cover it all up. Sorry. Yeah, it's a lost technology. Feet. Feet. All right. Okay, let's let's move on. I think if we're going to find any pleasure in this book, it's going to be somewhere in our power thoughts. So let's go ahead and dive into the power thoughts. We'll start off with the refrigerator gallery, which, oh my gosh, miracle of miracles. The refrigerator is still alive. The fire didn't get to it. So yeah, how did that happen? Okay, okay sorry. I know that we're trying to get away from this. But the she shed was destroyed by a, a crash ship. Totally just a smoldering I, I, little... I, I, I've got nothing. an explanation for this. Oh, okay. Plot convenience. Oh, we ran excellent. out of time, so yes. we, we can't afford to do an entire story about how the kids and family are homeless now. <laughs> the funniest thing about this, I'm glad you mentioned that. <laughs> this series really had a TV show whose budget has been cut drastically, and you can tell kind of feeling, because it has a lot of like, look at that up there! My goodness! It is so dramatic and amazing! Oh, far too expensive for us to show on this program. Quick, let's go to the... Uh, what set do we have access to today? To the barber shop. <laughs> we have a Western. In. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but let me draw your attention, sir, to the second to the last page. Mm-hmm. Okay? Because I'd like to tell you about something funny. All right? Mm-hmm. Found this funny. I, I wasn't finding much funny, so I ended up using this as it. And it's Julie. And she's whipping her head around at the bottom. And she's talking to Randy Allen. And she's, you know, just got done telling him off. And then she's like, now, can I have my backpack back? I have to go see my family. But she's mm-hmm. whipping her head around. And I called this, I'm cute and angry. <laughs> <laughs> she's just, she's got a look of like, 
it's an angry looking face, but she's got the, the flowers yeah. in her hair. And she's whipping her head around. And yeah, it's one of the better pictures of Julie in this book, too. So yeah. I had to bring that up as well. It's a good one. I like that. You know what? That actually was on my short list because I did like that. I said, oh, that's a really nice drawing of Julie. I'm like, now nah, I'll move into something else. But <laughs> but I like it. That That is a funny one. I like that. My joke backup is on uh, what Marvel Unlimited calls page 13. And I call it, give me a backhand five. <laughs> and this is after Kofi and Jack and Julie have gone to the destroyed Destract domes. And they're kind of looking around. And it really, there's a scene where like Kofi's standing on a rock and he's got his hand thrown back behind him. And it looks like Jack's trying to give it a back high five. And I'm like, yeah, you know, up front, back, in back, you know, up top, down low kind of thing. I'm like, yeah, he's high, they're high fiving. That's awesome. So. Folks, I got to tell you, this was hard. We usually have some funny ones we can find. We got some mm-hmm. good ones we can find. This issue was hard to find anything. It was yeah. hard. I'm going to be very honest there. I wasn't a big fan of the art. There's, It was hard to find stuff that I thought was funny. That's hard to find stuff that I liked. We'll get into other stuff that I found thought was hard to get into. It was So there's going to be a lot of, and I guess. One thing I can say is that my funniest thing I think I found was on the first page, and I call this The Answering Machine at the End of the Universe. <laughs> 42. 42. And, if, yeah. and so what we've got is we've got this, like, we've got a telescoping, or, or the art is showing us as we're getting, like, into the house, or outside the house, into the house. We're looking at the table with the answering machine. We're getting closer to the answering machine, and it just keeps on zooming in until we see the answering machine. There's 42 messages, and we see the button for play and the button for race. And by this point in time, the background is the universe. So we have <laughs> <laughs> the answering machine at the end of the universe. There we go. So my top joke one is on what Marvel Unlimited calls page 14, and I call it Emperor Manspread. <laughs> and this, <laughs> you see it now, don't you? This is a picture of Emperor Jackal sitting on his throne, and he has the largest manspread ever. And maybe that's just natural snark spread, but my goodness, it is pronounced. I don't think you should shame Jackal like that. Mm-hmm. I also want to no, stop okay. looking at this picture, so I'm going to move on. It is crotch forward. <laughs> very. It is very man spread forward. So yeah, Emperor Man Spreader. I was able to find a couple of pictures that I liked. Mm-hmm. And so I'd like you to look at page six. And there's a bottom panel, and it's of Yurik. And most of the time, the chameleons are drawn fast mm-hmm. and loose. But mm-hmm. this one panel of Yurik, it's a side view. That's the other thing, too, is most of the panels, or most of the pictures of the chameleons are side views. But this one's a bit detailed, and I actually like it. I think it's a nice one of Lord Yurik. That is a good one. I like it. Yep, that's when he's uh, talking to Lady Destrick or Queen uh, Mother mm-hmm. Destrick and uh, looking at her assembled troops. Yeah, it's it's. There's a bit more detail on it, and there's just a bit more time that was put into it. And I, I think it's a very good profile, very long snout. But I, I kind of liked it. Yep. I liked it. What do you got? No, that's a good one. I like it. My top backup one is on page twenty, and I call it Angry Stickman. Like our beer. Mm-hmm. Yes. Oh, say so how happy and inadvertent. <laughs> yeah, this is. Uh, when Jacklis has had enough of everybody coming into his throne room and talking adjacent to him about how now that we're here, let's reform government. And he's like, no, I rule snark world. He's going to blast him with his scepter staff thing. Uh, I think it's a good looking drawing of Jacklin in his armor. And I also like the staff head that's on 
this because it's like it's an angry snark face kind of lizard boogeyman monster thing and i'm like that's kind of cool i don't know i I think it reminds me of the great nagus i can see that if you go forward about three pages during the fight between jackal and maraud when they're just going at it at the bottom Mm -hmm. of the page there's a couple mm-hmm. of scenes. There's one where he cracks his mom and mm-hmm. and a couple of uh, teeth fly out. And the one next mm-hmm. to it, like he's like strangling her and his head's back and her head's forward. I do like that action scene. I think that those two panels are two very nice little action scenes. And I think it's I think it's good. I think it's very, very good. Yeah, that's on page 16. And I know that because the bottom left hand panel, which I call enough <laughs> is uh, my top favorite one. And that's where Jackal is cracking his mom upside the head and knocking some of her teeth yeah, out. Yeah, I, so. I kind of preferred the one next to it, the one where he's like strangling her one like hand. Choking. But together, those are two very good panels. Yep, I like those. Those are good choices. We got the, uh, hey, we made a match. <laughs> Yay, that's cool. Mothers and sons, mothers and sons. Mm. Well, let's go ahead mm-hmm. and talk about mothers and sons, and let's talk about some insults, because I think a lot of our insults are going to be about mothers and sons. Rubber and glue moment, what is the best or most childish insult? Jeff, what do you got? On page four, Sobak is sick of listening to a Jack complain about stuff and Alex going, Jack, just shut. So actually kind of like done with it. And he's like, his power pack kind of blows. He's like, hatchling silence. If you care to live long enough to see your parents again, you will stop your ceaseless bickering. And I just like that. It's just like, just, it's not super insulting, but I like the way that he just was like, you guys got to stop. There needs to be a plan because we're going to die. And ha- focus. Yeah, hatchlings, <laughs> your children, focus up. You're supposed to be galaxy heroes. So yeah. I thought that was No, fun. I like it. I like it. I like it very much. Like I said, yeah. How about you? There, there's going to be a plethora of snarks here for this one. Mm-hmm. Mine is four from the end, and this is when Jackal has had enough. I will snark well, a new terrestrial <laughs> hatchling. Our weak-kneed chameleon ambassador will take my throne from me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so weak-kneed mm-hmm. terrestrial hatchling. Kind of liked it. I liked it. He, he's, he's had enough, and he's not only going out angry. He's going out angry with some... The words are being mm-hmm. said. He says words. Jackal says a lot Jackal of words. Jackal says a lot of words. What do you got? He might have the most words in this. Also, Jackal, it's on page six, and this is after a uh, snark is informing him, okay, you know, you're... Prisoner Yurik's gone. Hmm. Huh, weird. And how could Ambassador Yurik escape from his cell without aid, fool? You will find the Chimillion and you will kill him. Then you will end your own incompetent existence. Good. Incompetent existence, fool. Um, I, like I like those. It. I thought those were fun. I like it. I like it. Mm-hmm. Now, before we talked about the big fight between Murad and Jackal. So mm-hmm. what caused that? What caused that? It would be Murad. It's all her fault. Yeah. Because this is what she says to her son. You, I should have stomped your eggs into pulp before you were even hatched. You miserable excuse for an emperor. You fail at every turn. Ankar lives. The chameleon ambassador escapes from your cells. And you do nothing. Stick the knife in. Turn. Yep. Turn, turn. Yep. Turn, turn, turn. (laughs) There are kids in this. And we like to give out stars and detentions, and we like to identify the child who was the best and who was the worst. So, Jeff, Mm -hmm. who in this book do you think (laughs) is the worst child? Okay, so I want to flavor this profile by just saying uh, I'm going to start with a hearty. All of my answers in this are going to be with a, a shrugging, I guess. 
I'm going to say that the worst child in this one was Alex. Yeah, I am going to, uh, I'm going to agree with you. Mm -hmm. I'm saying that he never really led and that was his role. No, he didn't. That was his role. He handed it over to Sobek a lot. Mm-hmm. Came up with plans that were kind of already the plan and sort of established. Yeah. Also, you know, he was like, you know, telling Jack to shut up again. Jack was pretty high on that bad kid list as well. Just mostly just from, you know, grumple pussin. Yeah, but I mean, that's his role. <laughs> yeah, but that's his role. And that's how they really painted his yeah. corner in uh, in this one. But yeah, it was just Alex just seemed the worst, there, there's I There's a guess, process of elimination that went there, too. I, I could find... Reasons I like the other kids a lot more than Alex. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. The best. Julie, I guess. All right. She came up with the idea of the uh, triumvirate. She went and got her backpack back mm-hmm. and stood up to Randy Allen and told her his thought, her thoughts. And yeah, so uh, Julie. I, I, Could have been Katie, but Julie. Yeah, I think the reason why I dropped Julie down is untested transportation power into the <laughs> yeah, spaceship. Yeah, she transported him away, but also that, yeah. Uh, not a good idea. That was just me, though. I ended up going with Jack, and the reason was is he was kind of right the entire time. So he was complaining, but he was complaining and right. Uh, even at the mm-hmm. end, I like the fact that he's like, why are we even caring about these politics? They're going to just kill themselves when once yeah, we leave. And, and, and even, though, even though I said it's against character type for him, mm-hmm. by the end of this book, I was right there with Jack saying, yeah, I'd be done being a superhero, too. I'm kind of, if this is the way you're going to be written, I kind of got to go with you on this and then saying, I'm tapping out of this. Y'all crazy. It was a good run. It was a good run. Retirement will treat me nicely. You know what? I'm going to be over here and I'm going to be a much happier person. (laughs) I'm going to be over here in the private sector. Going to check out the, this, uh, what do you call it? Public school? Yeah. Yeah. This elementary school? I'm going to try try this out for a while. (laughs) No, I just, I got to the end and I was like, I I didn't really like Katie where she was at. I had some problems with Julie and I kind of put Jack up there. I I could be wrong on it, but I I ended up going with Jack saying that he was just kind of right the entire time. It's it's fine. The alien ships are going to shoot at him. His, uh, no, uh, no, Sobek, not like this. Why are you saying that to Sobek? You don't even like him. You didn't even want to know his name earlier. I don't, I don't know. Well, we got to rank this puppy. We got to rank it. We do this listing all the time. We know where the top is. We know where the mm-hmm. middle is. I'm not going to go through all this right now because we're just going to go ahead and scroll on down. We're going to scroll on down our list. If you want to know what our list is, I suggest you listen to the other ones. If you're if you're coming in for the fourth episode, I, we may have lost you already. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. It's going to be better. I still think if, if you like the volume two stuff, if you like this miniseries, write us. Tell us sure. about it. Uh, put it on our website. We are wrong Here's something else I'm going to point out, too. Been listening to my daughter's reaction, and she thinks it's fine. She thinks it's fine. Okay. I know Jeremy Daw was kind of going into it trepidatiously. He was like, I remember it not being really good from the first one. He said it was was okay. So I, You know, it's it's like facsimiles of the characters, but he was kind of okay with the first issue. Well, the first issue we ranked a little higher, too. I think the first issue still has the highest rank of all of them so far. At 67. Yeah, 67. After that, it kind of dropped down a little bit. Yeah. Number three is at 70, and... Number two, we really had problems with. Two is... 77. Is 77. So, yeah. I mean, the question is, uh, I I can't put this above the first issue. I the, We had hopes at the first issue, but yeah. there is real problems going on here. Better or worse than number 77, spot 77 here. Okay, so the very bottom one is 77, which is number two, which is drama, 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 first day at new school, mom collapses. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
Here's, here, that one did have cheerleaders. Did have cheerleaders. Um, if we go down a spot, we're looking at low. There should be an ending. And this is the end of the original mm. volume. Oh, the end. Oh boy, yeah. yeah. End of the original. End of the the reboot. Uh, it, it's they both are very. This is actually a good place for it because they both are very similar. Of here's some ideas that we are just dropping. Yeah, dropping all over. Yeah, that one had red ghost in it. Yeah, which and monkeys. People like People monkeys. People like monkeys. Right? Well, great apes. I know. Issue number 62 was much more of a heartbreak. This was just kind of disappointing. And because it, it kind of became like, oh, yeah, gosh, still hard to say. Yeah. Both were very disappointing. The other one was kind of, the other one was a little bit more insulting, I think, especially mm. at the end, because they're like, we're going to, we're going to, we're quitting That's jobs true. and our house is destroyed <laughs> and we're going to travel the world and we're going to find <laughs> mom a great psychiatrist, <laughs> even though that psychiatrist might end up being nightmare. <laughs> And whatever else is going on, boy, hey, wait. And then they came up with the brilliant idea of, do you know that we know Chimelians in space who are directly involved with this mental ailment of your mother? We have come up with the brilliant idea of traveling forth into the heavens upon this mightiest of rocket ships, our fiery steed. So let's look at the ending there. We have that ending, which promises something. Yeah. And we have this ending where they're sitting in bed singing tra-la-la. Saying, I guess we're done. <laughs> I guess we're done. Yeah. Ah, man, you know what? I gotta say, this is worse. Okay. Say, this ending is worse. At least with the other ending, they could actually build off of that. They could build off of something off that. This, they, You could build off this, too. You could you write could stories. Too, but it's just, I'm still angry that Alex, uh, that Jack is just walking off the team. I have questions. That's, that's one of the story beats you could use, though, where it's you get five issues of Jack staying at home and the family going out and trying to talk him into joining. And he's like, nope, I hung up my guns. My spurs are off. I'm off that horse. And he's taking care of it. But then the the, fam- you know, the family gets kidnapped or something. And, and, and Jack has to saddle back up for one more ride. I'm going to say that this is worse than number 62. That's fine. I got no cares. I got, I got, I got no horse in this race. I will say this. It's still better than Excalibur number 29. <laughs> no. Hey, also had a pretty pr- uh, powerful man spreading on that. Mm. Yeah. So this will be the new 79 and Excalibur, Dream of the Little Dream, will drop to 80. We have here Good Riddance mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> by Stickman Brewing. And here we are drinking Stickman Brewing. How are we liking this? How, how's this treating you? This, this started off kind of rough. Been drinking it throughout the entire time. How are we feeling? Okay, we need to be more upbeat. We try and pride ourselves on being joyous and filled with love and coming from a place of enjoyment and love. And we have been uh, fairly negative in this issue. Uh, so we need to have something positive. I'm enjoying this beer. I wasn't really negative with the beer ever. I don't think in any case. It has a lot of notes that I like. It is not a pinnacle beer. It is not a staple must-have. I am enjoying it. I do love all the words that are on it. Yeah. It is not a five. It is no. no way near a one, a two, or a three. I am enjoying this quite a little bit. It's still here, and I haven't reloaded my glass from the can. It is one that I've been sipping on, and it has been very pleasant. This is a really good winter's day... It's blustery outside. You should stay inside. You should bundle up, have a fire going, just kind of kind of relax. And this is one of these really good, enjoy, have a beer, 
make it last for an hour or two. This is what this beer is to me. I'm, I'm agreeing with those words. I like a lot of the promise of this beer. It's just a little too rough Yeah, it's for me. not. It, it is not refined, is what I think I said about an hour ago. Amazingly enough, I do like the raspberry and chocolate combination. Oh, yeah, Love that, that is an awesome combination. I lo- and Stouts, heck yeah. A little too much acid in it for me right now. That is a great descriptor. It is a little too acidy. It's rough. It's a little unrefined. It's not... There are complementary flavors that are there, but they're not tuned in fully yet. Right. So I like it. I'm going to give it a very strong four. Okay. I'm going to drop it down just a little bit. I, I probably could get to the four just... I'm going to go for 3.5 on this one. The, the bitterness that's in there with the acid, mm-hmm. it's it, it's kind of a downer for me. And I guess it's like the promise of something better, blah, 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 words, 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 strive to the greatest. There we go. We've got it. We got it. We got it. We got that one in the can. And you know what else we got now? Mm, kids perspective. Kids perspective. And that's where Rick talks to his now 11-year-old daughter, Carrie, about the issue that we just covered. So Rick and Carrie, take it away. Hello, Carrie. Hello, Daddy. We are here to talk about Power Pack Volume 2, Issue Number 4, the last of this four-issue miniseries. Right. Okay. So, we're done. Yeah. What'd you think? I think it might be a really good way to end the story, kind of. I mean, they do ha- they actually include a lot more than I really expected them to, though. Is it a good way to end the story? What, what story ended? Well, okay, to be honest, I don't know when <laughs> that... Um, there, there's just so many things in here. Well, what's the big story that ended? The Snark problem. <laughs> they finished the Snark problem? How did they finish the Snark problem? Apparently using Snarks against each other. What do you think happened at the end of this book? What was the solution that they had? Because they didn't want Jackal to be the Emperor anymore, right? Right. Instead, they had, like... An empress? One person there. Then who else were they going to have? There was the queen, right? There was another queen. Queen of the Desac clan. Desac or something like that. Right? Who else? Prince Sobak. So we have Sobak, who is supposed to be anointed, right? Right. And then we had Queen Destrak. Right. And then we have this other guy that's in there, this other snark. So there's like three people that are going to be ruling instead of Jackal, right? Right. So you didn't catch all that? (laughs) (laughs) Well, this was like the last comic that I read, so... And I was kind of sleepy at the moment. (laughs) Oh, okay. All right. So the end of the snark thing... Mm Mm-hmm. It sounds like it really didn't make that much of an impression on you, right? Uh, yeah. To me, there was just a lot of snarks. And a lot of snarks, and they were going different places, right? Right. And then at the end, what happened at the very end? Jack quit. Julie finally ended her very little relationship with Randy Allen. Was any of that a good ending? Yeah, now I see what your point is. It's just a whole bunch of things at the very end. It's more like an explosive ending. So, did it feel rushed to you? I mean, I don't think we really needed to see Julie saying goodbye to Randy Allen. I mean, that wasn't really that necessary. I mean, they could make another appearance, but it just doesn't feel right that way. There's not much in this book. There's a lot of different storylines that they started up, but it seems like this ended a lot sooner than it was planned to, and 
they quickly ended a lot of storyline. Maybe I'm thinking that they were going to the story turned out smaller, like you said, but so then they had to find a way to, you know, use the other pages. I think they were rushing to finish things and they didn't do a good job of finishing yeah, it. Yeah, maybe there was a deadline. Jeff and I did not like this book. We did not like this entire series. Wow, you didn't? No, not at all. We did not find this to be good writing. We didn't find it to be a good story. We didn't find it to be that engaging. We didn't like it that much. It's not well put together. Yeah, I can kind of see what you're saying there. And if you weren't really caring about following along with any of the snark politics, and it was very confusing for you, and you are the target audience for this type of a book... And if it's a little confusing to you, you have to be selective with what you read. And if you're reading the story and you don't like it and it's too confusing, you need to stop reading it. It's not good story. I mean, I'm kind of forcing you to read. You you are telling me to read. I am telling you to read this. That's different. But but no, I, I mean... That's the thing, though, is even if we're asking you to read this, if you don't like the story, it's okay to tell us you don't like the story. We didn't like the story at all. We didn't We didn't enjoy it that much. I'm trying to see if there's anything good in the ahead. And if there's anything good ahead, then there's probably something you might want to know from the other books. Right. I, I'm going to tell you right now, there is nothing that ever comes out of this series. When we see Power Pack again in the future... I don't think they really talk about this series that much. Maybe maybe they kind of skipped over it. it yeah, they, it was kind of ignored. Kind of ignored. Jeff and I were fi- having real trouble finding something that we really enjoyed about this book. Hmm. Yeah. That's the first time you've ever told me that. <laughs> I wanted to hear your opinion of the book, but I'm letting you know our opinion of the book and, and why we didn't enjoy it. That's all I've got to say about that. Do you have anything you want to say about it? <laughs> nope. All right. Well, thank you very much for your time, Carrie. Uh, welcome. I love you. Love you, too. And away you took it, and you were back. Oh, Carrie, always a joy to have you join us. Thank you so much. You are very insightful, and hey, happy belated birthday. Shout-out time. We like to recognize those listeners that take the time to write in or leave us a review. Now, folks, this is for episode 94, where we covered Power Replay. That would be the first issue of this Power Pack Volume 2 miniseries. Al Sedano and Resurrections and Adam Warlock and Thanos Podcast. Chad Michael Simon. Charles Gears. Christian Conkle. Chris Reeves. Clinton Robinson and his podcast, Fan Film Fridays and Coffee and Comics. Colin Stapleton from the worst comic podcast ever. Hoover Jeremiah and his podcast, Four Million Years Later. Jeremy Daw. Lemony USA. Malcontent. And Mal says, this is uncharted territory for me, so I am looking forward to the ride. Max Reads Comics. New Warriors Talk. Nicholas Prom and Captain Freakout's radio show. Nori Polier. And she writes and says that she thinks that we should release the uh, Patreon episodes for everybody to listen to them because not everyone can hear them. And Nori, that is an excellent idea. Unfortunately, the only way for people to get to listen to those is to become a Patreon member, and they can listen to them for as little as $1 a month. And we have 37 of those out, I think, now? Yeah, uh, we've got about 35 of those. Something along those lines. Yeah, so we have in the the mid to high 30s of uh, extra content of us that you could hear. There's another 35 hours of us talking for as little as a dollar a month. Rob Earhart. Tim Price and his podcast, The Outcasters. Waffles from Waffles and Mario Talk About Things, who says, I can't believe it, 
I guess I'll have to listen and find the truth of it. Mm-hmm. We talked earlier about our Patreons, and I would like to give our Patreons a shout-out themselves, because they help make the show possible. Adorably astonishing and amazing Andrew Burns. Cheerfully cheeky and charming Char Logan. Challenging cheesy and chuckling Charles Gears. Destructive and devastatingly delightful Damian Witter. Dynamically dangerous and devious Doug Jones. Exciting, energetic, and entertaining Edward Verrochi. Jesting, joking, and jovial Jeff Polier. Just jealous and jeweled Jeremy Daw. Muscly, mighty, and meticulous Matthew Birdsey. Mythical and magnificent monologuing Matthew Laserwitz. Rudely rhyming and running Rustin Fritcher. Steely, salty, and steamy Sailor Bear Zodar. Sad and sickeningly silly Shag Matthews. Strange and stirringly steady Stephen Gray. Tyrannically terrifying and tame Tim Price. Technically terrific and triumphant Todd Enoch. Weird and wonderfully wacky Wind. And be sure to check out the other shows that we are on. Our junior agent submissions on the MI6 Rogue Agent episodes of On Her Majesty's Secret Podcast and monthly Monday movie muck about my wonderful show on the Longbox Crusade Network. And we have some merchandise available on Redbubble. Go to redbubble.com and search for Unpacking the Power of Power Pack. Jeff and Rick Resent is a bi-weekly self-produced podcast recorded in front of a live studio audience of two pairs of glasses, both with only one lens in Portland, Oregon. If you would like to interact with us through the magic of the internet, you can do so through Twitter at Jeff and Rick Present, our Facebook page, Jeff and Rick Present, our email address, Jeff and Rick Present, all one word at gmail.com, or at our website, Jeff and Rick Present, WordPress.com. Also, our YouTube channel is at Jeff and Rick Present. And if you would like to help support our show, we are on Patreon. You can find us at patreon.com Jeff and Rick Present, all one word. We are also a proud supporter of the Hero Initiative, and we will be donating 10% of our Patreon donations to this great cause. We encourage everyone to give what they can to this worthwhile organization that helps the creators who provide us with such great content. Go to heroinitiative.org to find out more. Please rate and review us wherever you can. Tell your friends about us or share your love for us on social media. And as always, we want to thank the powerful people in our packs. My wife, Cindy, and our daughter, Carrie. My fiance, Hillary, and our daughter, Aurora. We, we love, love you. you. Until next time. Costumes, Costumes off. Our theme is action. Also featured in this episode is Winner Winner. All music is by Kevin McLeod of Competent.com and is licensed under Creative Commons by Attribution for Bono License. And quick to the audacity machine stop beep knock knock remember us jackal <clears throat> insert katie yeah we beat you before and we're gonna do it again <laughs> such authority in alex's voice she put in there that's great knock knock open up the door <clears throat>